On this episode of Axel Arigato Talks, I am joined by the brains behind London's big sweaty queer party, Adonis. It's any bloody shame, Alt. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm not sweaty today, but... Wow, you know, yeah. if the light's not strong enough. How was your holly bobs? You just got back from Thailand. Yeah, it's nice, so I'm kind of a little bit, little bit jaded. Jaded? Yeah, a bit jaded. By the holiday? Yeah. No, not by the holiday, but <laughs> by, by the travelling back. The holiday was lovely. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How long are you out there for? Um, like two and a half weeks. God, that's a nice stretch of time. That's nice, but not long enough. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a bit of the jet lag going on. Yeah. Physically here, but maybe not. Yeah, mentally still there. Do you know, the one thing about Thailand, I've been, I've been a few times, but I think we don't talk about the King of Thailand enough. Oh, my God. The, Have you seen the King of Thailand? I've seen him many times, like, especially the, the Germany... The arrival in Germany. With the crop top and the... Amazing. So he wears like... um, Iconic. Yeah, very iconic. It's like Jurassic Park sandals, a crop top, (laughs) and then it's got a huge dragon back tattoo. Full tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. And you know, he's got like a little Bichon Frise or some kind of dog that he made like the chief of the army. Yeah. It's like chief of the air force. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) God, I'd love to see that in action. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Pleasure. Really good to have you here. So... This season of Axel Arigato Talks is all about um, music and nightlife and community, which are pillars that the brand stand by. And you created a real phenomenon in terms of queer partying um, through Adonis. For anyone out there who's been living under a rock, can you break down what Adonis is and what it looks like today? I mean, it's just uh, like a gay party, I would say. That queer party that kind of was... I didn't realise at the time, but obviously was much needed in London. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's been really fun. It's it's kind of hedonistic, and <laughs> anything goes really. Yeah, I when I when I knew you were coming on, I reached out to a few people that are like diehard Adonis fans. Yeah, ones that I always see going. Um, one of them being Munro Bergdorf. Okay, she wasn't a diehard fan, but she went on New Year's. Yeah, she. I think she had a lovely time. She did. Yeah, I think so. I was like. <laughs> give me a sense of how it is and she was like um i won't give you much but what i will say is what happens at adonis stays at adonis okay that's a good um she was like you can quote me on that yeah <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> but we w- we wouldn't really be able to talk about anything today if i didn't let a few things up. true so um i mean i've been a few times in my time it's always a great fun but something that you've said before and, and kind of the blueprint for adonis is the fact that it's the people that make it what it is yeah music almost in a way comes secondary yeah, I think they're probably both as both as important, but it is the like I couldn't imagine what it became, and that is because of the people that that come there. They've kind of taken it and made it something yeah. far beyond my imagination, really. Because there's like you know, like I was saying, there's diehard fans that it's you always time it in a really good way. I remember after the pandemic, you had um, there was a queue around the block, wasn't there? And then like under the stroke of midnight, the doors opened, and yeah. it was like people were in tears. It was it was a real moment. It was pretty nice. Yeah. What was that night like? I mean, it was like just one big general release, like collective release. Mm-hmm. I think we'd been locked up for so bloody long. Yeah, it was it was really nice, but you know, it took me a, it took me a while to get over <laughs> it. When when you're at Adonis, I know that as in, correct me if I'm wrong, but as and when you need to, you do like jump on and do a little set. I mean, I I used to like have a set like a slot, but. It's so hard because I try to put myself on a bit earlier on because, you know, like it's just easier to get it out of the way. But it's always at the time when your friends are like messaging you to try and get in and like 
nobody cares what you're doing. Like it's all it's all about them. Like, can they put their coat here or can you get them out of the queue? Someone's forgot their ID. You know, just right. people being just people. People, yeah. Blessing and a curse. Yeah. So, so the sort of origin story of Adonis. Um, you were renting a studio, weren't you? And then you noticed a sort of venue across the street. Yeah, there was a venue that was there was just this building, like a studio, like this kind of being worked on across the street and it was like in the worst street in London and in Seven Sisters, oh, Seven Sisters like the street next to Fountain Road uh-huh. and it was so um, I just found it so alien that they were doing like spending money on this street because they were next to it is like this kind of rubbish rubbish site chic and skips and stuff like that everywhere the road stinks like okay. it's full of rats yeah. and they opened a club there and that's, that's just, London it was mental so I was like you know what if this is mental but I'm going to so they were bu- they were building like a, a venue for a potential club night and you thought let me come along and do yeah it. they opened a venue there it was called five miles yeah because it was five miles from civilization life. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um i thought maybe this is a good maybe it's a good idea so then you did is it right that you did like three nights there yeah we did like two two or three nights there mm-hmm. um we did two kind of good ones and then the third one was just a disaster it was on new year's day and I was like, I'm never doing a party ever again. Like, I just can't. Because we... Why was it so much of a disaster? We didn't sell any tickets. The security and the bar staff didn't turn up to work because it was like New Year's Day. Um, so <laughs> it was just... out on their own jolly and they forgot Yeah, so there was, like, there was like about 30 of us there. We had a brilliant time because, you know, we just had the run of the place. But yeah, it was... It, financially, it was a disaster. <laughs> and I just thought, this isn't, you know, this is a mugs game. But people had a good time? People, yeah, like okay. the 30 of us. Yeah. Okay, well, that's something. And then the first time I went to Adonis when it was at the cause, uh-huh. which I think the days there have a bit of a legacy. Yeah. What prompted the move to the cause and how did you find it? So what I really want to ask you, because you seem to be a bit of a master of it, is knowing when a venue is right and sort of going and viewing a blank canvas and, and imagining... The, the crowd and imagining the sort of atmosphere that can be conjured there. What was that like finding the cause? I mean, I'd love to agree with you, but it was kind of, it wasn't like that at all. It was just kind of... <laughs> am, I, am I kind of romanticising? Yeah, you thing? are, but it sounds, it sounds great. Oh, great. But it was just like, it just happened naturally because I was like, I'm never ever going to do a party again. I just, after that, you know, I didn't want to do it again. I'm just going to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the people that opened the cause went on to open the cause. They had another party. They do like warehouse parties around London. Yeah. So they asked me if I would like host a room there. Mm. So we did that for a couple of times. Mm. And then they were like, we found this venue in Tottenham. Maybe you should do a party there. And I was like, do you know what? I'll give it one, one more go. Yeah. And then that was like the start of it really. God. So it was really, it was kind of luck, luck more Divine than... Divine timing. Yeah, more than anything else. God. And so it's got a new space now on Dock Road. Yeah, which is the same people who run the cause. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a bit of a, a stopgap because hopefully they've got something else coming as well. All right. Can't say It's anymore, kind of cool if it's almost like a travelling show and it keeps moving around. Yeah, it's been a bit stressful. Okay, yeah. I can imagine that side's a little bit stressful. Yeah, but it is, it's been... What was really nice is when the cause closed, I thought, you know, God, like this, that's it, the end of it. Yeah. And we moved to some... Went to a few places that didn't work just quite as well and then mm. some worked really well. It's kind of... You know, you just don't know whether you're coming or going, really. Yeah. So this place has still got that cause 
energy like mm. it's a dump really you know, like, <laughs> it's, uh, but that's the best way to do it yeah <laughs> no frills yeah. i mean whenever i go i tend to be in the smoking area most of the time okay do you yeah. that's my like um I think in any club I go to, I love yeah. a good, I love a good chin wag and a smoking. I mean, area. the cause had a really good smoking. Area, yeah, it? it's phenomenal. Some clubs miss. Some clubs are just like a bit of Harris fencing on the, on the street. Yeah, and I but think you could stay in that in that smoking area all night. Very comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, and the beauty of the smoking area is, you know, you make sort of best friends that you think for life, and then you never see them again. Yeah, just watch their stories on Instagram for the rest of yeah, eternity. Yeah, and be like, do you know what? He doesn't deserve you. And then you <laughs> yeah. walk, you get a cab home, you're like, I can't remember a thing about that. Yeah. So you've obviously you're a bit of a pro when it comes to parties and events. Would I you say that? I'm like a pro at partying. Oh, you are. I feel like that's okay. kind of. It was like my destiny to end up doing this because all I'd done before that was party. Was party really? Yeah. So I've got some good experience in it. So would you say you first cut your teeth on the sort of clubland nightclub scene when you were living in Bristol? Yeah, I mean, I like in Bristol, I really kind of got into nightlife and yeah yeah definitely i mean i'm from a small town with like one club so it wasn't it definitely wasn't there when i moved to bristol i was like wow this place is this place is like amazing what's clubbing in bristol like gay clubbing is not is not good okay is it a bit i imagine it tell me if i'm wrong but is it a bit like liverpool where they do have like a, a cluster of gay clubs but they're really like tacky yeah the clubs are like I mean, when I first moved there, it was it was a little bit better, and then they they kind of one company, a bit like GAY, brought mm. all of the clubs, and they called it OMG, oh. and they've just like all of the clubs are just called OMG, and they're like really, they're like GAY basically. So there's multiple, and they're all called OMG. I think so. Yeah. So how do people... OMG bar, OMG club? I was going to say because they were like meeting like tonight, OMG, and they're like, yeah. which one? It's it's horrible, but. Clubbing is very diverse and mixed there. You know, the good parties. Okay. You would kind of, if you like music and clubbing, you would, yeah. you'd all meet there, really. Right. Rather um, than OMG. <laughs> I don't blame you. So when you moved to London, where were you going out for this sort of like nightlife career that you've had a professional party in a way? A, lot of, the, a lot of the venues have closed. Like I remember Jordan the Dragon, a few others that, have, that were the sort of institutions. Yeah. Where did you hang out? I loved the Jordan Dragon and the Joiners would be my, like, yeah. my favourite place to go. You could just go there any night of the week and it would be so, so good. I had a sexual awakening at the Joiners. Did you, yeah? Yeah. So I had On a girl- Tuesday night. I can't remember what night it was. It could have been any given day, but I had a girlfriend when I was younger. God bless her. We're still on good terms. She's great. And I would, I worked at a store... I worked at like retail job in London and then I'd like go out after work with like the gay mates that I had there. Right. And I remember being on the dance floor in the joiners and seeing like a three way kiss. And it was like a new world Standing of wonder. Yeah. It was a real like Alice in Wonderland moment. Like, oh my God. So I have fun memories of the joiners. Oh. And then that was the end of you and your, you and your girlfriend. Me, yeah, sadly. Oh. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so what, speaking of that though, because I think, I, unless I'm really out of the loop, but it feels like it's been a while since really great gay bars have been threatened by like councils and venue closures and like yeah. another fucking block of flats being built. I think that's kind of why Adonis was like such a success because when I first came to London, you'd go to, you know, like Fabric on a Sunday night was a queer party and there was so many big big clubs that you could go to and mm. as a queer person. But like mega clubs. Yeah, like 
but that kind of all ended and that, I mean it was good you'd go to more like a basement in Dalston but just with like 70 people or something yeah. that was your kind of that was your scene and then when we started doing Adonis it was kind of the first East London sort of big club that they'd been in years yeah and it just obviously people really wanted and needed that because when you go there it's like it's like all the different all the different tribes are there mm-hmm. together which is reminds me of what a club is like in Bristol or in Cheltenham where I'm from like you know queer people all gravitate to one space because usually that's the only place that there is yeah so Adonis has got that it's got that essence really which is quite nice to see definitely and and speaking of that sort of like because <clears throat> Adonis isn't it's like a, it's a real game changer in terms of like inclusivity yeah and I, I don't think it is I don't think I think it comes naturally to you in terms of it's not a novelty, you haven't sat down and thought, right, how can we get everybody on, on the sort of spectrum feel included? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced in any way, which it, which I'm sure at OMG in Bristol it maybe can be. Maybe, but yeah. um, how do you cater to the different people within the community that may have a different definition of a safe space? I think the safe space thing is kind of, it's kind of, there can never be a safe space in nightlife, really. Like, there can be a safer space, but uh-huh. it's so hard to guarantee a safe space because when you're in a club or mm. even not in a club, just in life, like, things can sometimes not be safe. But when you're out in a club and people are high or drunk or whatever, yeah, like, that opens up a whole new... Um, in terms of like danger zone, people being dicks or whatever, you know, like, yeah. yeah, the night, the night, like historically, the night is kind of a dangerous place, isn't it? Like, it's Typically, a lot, yeah. it's a lot less of that now because people are more concerned about safer spaces and mm. being respectful and stuff, which is great. Well, but I don't think so you can ever, well. ever, um, like eliminate that because you could always get. Yeah, someone who's a dick. no. I don't. I don't think you've ever been like this is a one hundred percent safe space. If you come here, there'll be no trouble. But yeah, I, I wonder whether over the years and the different iterations you've seen it, where you, whether you've had to tweak it in any way. I think just like listen to what people listen to the feedback of, from people, and yeah. generally, like we're quite a, you know, the people who do the door, the people who do the bar, the mm. security. We're all such different people, but the the general like common thing that they have is they're just like really nice and like care about yeah. the party so I think that really like rubs off to the people coming as well like there's a kind of just a mutual like a level basically that everyone's on mutual level of respect yeah yeah because dick behaviour breeds dick behaviour totally on that dick note we're going to play a game okay called slay or nay right so I'm going to give you a couple I'm of up for this <laughs> yeah get ready I'm going to do the same really. so slay or nay yeah um, I'm going to give you a couple of um, nightlife-esque moments from history and present day, and you tell me if they're a slay or an A. Okay. Up first. I'm not Studi- going to offend anyone. Well, that, you know, Let's see. <laughs> let's see. Studio 54. I mean, I'd say slay, like, surely. No. <laughs> slay. I'd love a night there. I would love a night there, like on a horse. Like um, Bianca Jagger? Yeah. Apparently it was only open for like 18 months. Really? It's got a similar um, timeline, like a surprising timeline as the Spice Girls. Okay. Do you know the Spice Girls were going for like 
less than two years. I mean, they're still going for me. Like <laughs> They've never <laughs> just, stopped. Just not for Victoria. Yeah. Um, Fire Festival. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the documentary is a sleigh and the festival is probably a nay. <laughs> the experience itself was a nay. Yeah, but watching it, like... Amazing. When I think of Fire Festival, I just think of that a photo of the um, piece of bread with the American cheese in the oh, box. No, Do you remember no. that? I think of the guy like giving blowjob for Evian or something. Oh, like yeah. That. I remember that. We've got, different, we've got different minds. Where is he now, I wonder? Don't know. Who knows? I wish him the best. Um, Woodstock. Woodstock. I don't... Um, probably the original Woodstock. Slay, maybe. Yeah. And the 99? The 99 one. And again, like, <laughs> big nay for me, but a big slave for, to watch. I, don't, I have to be honest with you. I don't know if I would enjoy the original Woodstock. I'm not, a, I'm not a folk country girly. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd probably go if, it was, if I was a Woodstock resident. Is Woodstock a place? I don't know. I think it is. Yeah, upstate yeah. New York. Okay. I'd be looking for the closest, like, Chromatica vibe. I don't think yeah. I'd find it there. I'm sure, like, that would be Woodstock 2023, no? Probably, yeah. Janice Joplin in some latex. Yeah. <laughs> Chic. Um, K-holes. Um, again, God, I'm just going to say slay and nay to everything <laughs> that you ask me. Um, that really depends on where you are and how much you've taken, I suppose. Yeah, I think Sometimes so a slay, and then it can be slay and then nay. And it can actually be a nay, because it's a horse. Yeah. Um, free bars. Again, <sighs> slay or nay? I mean, I think nay. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because the people that go there, I hate them. What, like an event with a free bar? Yeah. I mean, ask me 10 years ago, I'd probably say slay. <laughs> but now I'm like, do I really want to go there on a Tuesday night? Like, I think free bars are dangerous. Yeah. And then last one, drag brunches. Ugh, nay. I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. It's really, um, you know, they're like... The peplum of of the brunch world, aren't they? Remember when everyone just started wearing a peplum or like what a peplum skirt? Peplum skirt. Yeah. What does that look like? Oh, Is that like a high one that goes out? Yeah, don't you remember? There was like a moment in history when all girls started wearing like a peplum. I don't skirt. Remember. When I was in secondary school, there was a moment where everybody was wearing like a Shakira gypsy skirt. Right. Do you remember yeah. that era with the strappy sandal? Yeah. That's that's quite drag brunch. Um. So we mentioned earlier about you playing sets and I was listening to your boiler room set for Adonis' second birthday. Okay. And you opened with the... Tiffany Pollard. Oh, I would let Gemma know that she yeah. is a fat... Uh. Mm-hmm. Do you... I mean, that's a classic Hun culture reference there. Yeah. Where do you stand on the Huns? And in particular, the Tiffany Pollard and Gemma Collins beef? I mean, Gemma Collins blocked me on Instagram. What? Yeah. Why? Because so. you played that in the set? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just told her I didn't like her, um, you know, that outfit that she wore with the, with the big shoulder pads and the gold. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> it was like a bronze colour. Bronze, yeah. You told her, you sent her a message and said, by the way, you look yeah. absolutely... No, I didn't send her a message. I just commented on it being like, this is a nay. It's not, <laughs> it's not a slay. And she fucking blocked me. <laughs> Gee. Yeah. God. But I don't like her anyway. Okay, so no, no bad blood then? No. God, Gemma Collins. Um, in terms of being a clubbing professional, what would be your hangover cure? Um, probably go back out. Hair <laughs> <laughs> of the dog? Yeah, or I hate hangovers. So like, Do you? It's either in bed for two days or go back out. I think that's the only options, really. 
I think that's a good a good stance there. Um, speaking, going back to Adonis a little bit, and and that the way the queer community descends on it in all their in all the different ways that the community represents. I was speaking to someone who had particularly strong opinions about circuit gays. Yeah. And they've been going to Adonis for years in different venues, and, and they had a particular stance in terms of circuit gays, um, sh- making it shift gears in, I think, more of a negative way, and then feeling like it doesn't feel like it used to. I'm all for nightlife and things evolving, if it has to. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's a difficult one, because, like... I would hate a party where you say yes or no to people on the door. But obviously, like, sometimes you get people that you don't really want there. Yeah. Like, what can you do, really? Like, I think maybe that circuit kind of generation is, like, dying out. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's not really a thing anymore with, like, XXL clothes and stuff. And, like, Mm. the music just was the same for decades you know it never changed so if someone used to go to circuit parties and then they find a a club like Adonis or wherever and they go there and they kind of they get their mind expanded a bit right maybe that's good for them I like that yeah I like the way you see that actually yeah but it's something that I would wish didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) so it's something you're aware of yeah um Tell me about your Desert Island Discs. If you, were, if you were stranded on an island and you had, say, two albums to take with you yeah, to last you for, you know, God knows how long, what would they be? They're probably so basic, but I'd like... We don't mind basic. The one album that I just is my desert, already my Desert Island Discs, like the one I just used to listen to forever is Immaculate Collection. Mariah? No, Madonna. Oh. Abe's. <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> like, every... Every amazing hit, just all on one record. Is that like her greatest hits? Yeah, but it was out in the, I think it's probably 90s now. It's got like... Has it got the really white album cover? No, it's like a blue, bluish oh. colour. It's got like every song on there, Express Yourself, Papa Don't Preach, Vogue. The best all of, of the best. Those. Yeah. Um, I'd probably just take one, just that. You'd just take that and yeah. be happy days. <laughs> Everyone was going mental for her tickets the other day. I know. I was I looking at prices and they're up, they're up to like 1,500 quid for a seat. Are they? Yeah. I've got like a really good concert hack that I'll share with you. But Oh, tell me. Yeah, yeah no one's just listening. Just like you wait till the, ver- till the day and you just go on Gumtree or something like that. And someone's... And hope someone's ill and they can't go. And you can buy tickets for like, you know, an hour before the show for pennies. No yeah. That's I went to see Cher for like 30 quid a ticket or something. No. My friend was two rows in front of me and he paid like £450 <gasps> per ticket. What was Cher like? Was it like the farewell to the farewell tour? Yeah, it was because yeah. like the last legs tour. It was so good. Is that the one where she came out on the elephant? No, she didn't. Oh. I, I, I wish I, that would have worth more than thirty quid. Sure. Yeah, I think you would have paid that. Um, I want to lastly talk about the re- your view on the relationship between music and fashion. I think depending on where you are, what you've done, it can feel very fluid or it can feel very unfluid. Yeah. How has how have brands or the fashion world engaged with Adonis as a concept? And has it always felt smooth and authentic? Um, yeah, I think they're kind of... It, it can easily feel not authentic, mm. easily. But 
I don't know. I imagine there's a lot of there's a lot of mood boards out there with like Adonis Luke's on them, like fishnet and some leather trousers. You know, right. like there's definitely an aesthetic that inspires the fashion. Yeah, that like has made brands kind of want to approach us or mm-hmm. like do stuff with us. So I think it can work really well together. Really, like yeah. as long as it's the right the right match. Definitely. Yeah. Like I don't know if we'll do anything with like. I don't know. What's the Asda brand called? Georgia, Georgia Asda. Asda. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. You get a new location, it could be next to a Georgia Asda. Could be. Or we'll close because it's going to be a Georgia Asda. Very true. Um, thank you so much for sitting down with me today, Shay. Yeah, thank you. I've had a really good chat with you and um, see you at Adonis. See you there in the smoking area. Yes.